Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today we are diving into a solo episode all around forgiveness. And let me tell you, it is no coincidence that I am recording this episode today. I have stories and personal experiences and all the things to get into with you today. So sit back, grab a drink, maybe a journal, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. (gasps) He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. So today, something rather different, um, jarring, interesting happened in my life. And of course, it was the day that I was about to sit down and record the uh, forgiveness episode. So we're going to start with that story so you all know where I'm at uh, because I got some some little nuggets and lessons in it. Um, so normally, I you guys know that I go through all of my DMs. If anyone ever DMs me about the book, I, I read it and I respond to it because I really appreciate the people that take time out of their lives to read about mine um, and that connect with it on such deep levels. And it means a lot to me because it's such a big, big part of my life and my growth and my healing journey. But I have not in the almost two years that the book has been out. Actually, we're literally like a few days away from the two-year anniversary of Eat, Pray, FML. Holy shit. Um, I have never in the almost two years that this book has been out received a DM that was negative. Um, obviously there's negative reviews and like, you know, people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it. It's art. It's subjective. Like, welcome to the world that, you know, you live in when you put your shit out there. But I've never gotten a DM from someone that was like not positive or not, you know, telling me how they connected with it. And like, no one ever has gone out of their way to reach out to me to be like, yo, I didn't vibe with this. Um, so it was kind of weird waking up to that. Um, and it wasn't, I don't want to put this person on blast. I do know that they listen to the podcast, although I'm pretty sure after this, they're they're not tuning in anymore. Um, it was very, uh, the message was very judgmental. Um, 
And they had found me on the podcast, started listening to the podcast, and then gone back to read the book. And it was the things that she she told me were like, I don't understand why you were always drinking on your trip. Um, I don't drink and I don't associate with drinking and I don't understand why you're drinking um, or why you needed to cope that way. Um, she seemed to have a very big problem that I consistently referred to Chris as being so young because he was 23 and, you know, she's young and she doesn't think that she makes bad decisions, which I I had never said. She went on to tell me that her husband's younger and he's nothing like my ex-husband. And I, I hope that most people out there, especially if they're married, aren't like my ex-husband. Um, it was just really interesting how many things she had issues with. Um, she also brought up that I talked about my weight a lot and that she didn't appreciate that because she viewed herself as a larger body type than me. And I was like, well, didn't you hear the podcast episode that I did all about that where I explained that I struggled with an eating disorder when I was younger and how uncomfortable I felt in my own skin during like the most vulnerable time in my life. And so we went back and forth. I mean, I I took a good 30 minutes of, of uh, my morning to talk to her and it wasn't the fact that she had questions or concerns about what she was reading. It was the fact that the way the message was worded was very judgmental and almost as accusatory and like attacking me. It was like, I I have some observations and I need to let you know what they are. Um, And we went back and forth and I tried explaining to her, you know, the different things that she was clearly being triggered about. Um, She also made it a point to say, what is wrong with you, Gabrielle? You're not the only one that was looking for closure. Javier was looking for closure too. And I was like, so this is someone who's been listening to my podcast and knows how I feel about people projecting their unhealed trauma. Um, But like, did you read the book, girl? Because most people want to shake the shit out of me because I defended that man like to the end. Um, So it was very jarring to hear her say that I wasn't taking enough care in the way, in in what Javier was dealing with. And I was like, um, is anyone else hearing this? Because I'm like the number one person that was taking care of what he would say. And I even think he would back me up on that. Um, it was very jarring is like the word I keep saying, but it was really like, I, I didn't really know what to do with this information that I was receiving in my DMs. She then went on to rant about the fact that I should have never slept with him and what was I thinking. And it was just, she was upset with me for my decisions in this book. And I was like, girl, good God, please don't read book two um, because I can't even fathom how you'll be with me after that fucking ordeal. Um, But it gave me a really big lesson. So we went back and forth for like 30 minutes. And, you know, I'm always... I'm never going to attack someone even when I'm being attacked um, because it's clearly coming from a place of hurt um, if someone is so triggered by this. And I tried to explain the different issues that she 
was having a hard time with and saying that, you know, this was my truth and my story and everything in that book is exactly how it happened. And I'm not ever going to apologize for that to anybody. And to maybe next time be a little more aware when you choose to slide into someone's DMs about their work that is obviously very personal um, to, you know, ask questions if you need to, but not come at it in such an attacking way. Like, because we're, we're not friends. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't slide into my DMs and talk to me like you're pissed off at your boyfriend. Um, you can ask questions and you can be curious. Um, one of the other things she said that I, I thought was really interesting was, well, I've been listening to the podcast and you just don't seem like the same person in the book. And I was like, well, girl, duh. I mean, I wrote that book when I was fucking heartbroken going through the biggest shit show of my entire life. And I have since grown and healed and changed. And like, I hope I'm not the same person um, doing the same things and making the same mistakes that I am now that you're hearing on the podcast every week. Um, It was a bit confusing for me, to be honest. And so we went back and forth and eventually I was like, you know, okay, I I wish nothing bad on you. And, you know, like, I hope you have a great day and I'm sending you love. She then proceeded to like write me back and be like, I'm just going to stick to fiction books and true crime podcasts from now on. And like wave, did the little hand waving emoji um, and then blocked me. So I hope you're not listening to this girl, but if you are, again, there is absolutely no hate. Um, I'm just going to use this as a big fucking example for everybody else that's uh, still hanging here at the party. I am a huge advocate for forgiveness. There are so many different fucking reasons why we need to forgive people. And when this happened this morning, um, uh, it took me a good 45 minutes to like really get out of it. And I even showed the messages to Tay and was like, am I crazy? This is like kind of like judgmental and attacking. And he was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a just me scenario. Um, And it took me a good amount of time to get out of it. I was really upset. I was really like offended. um, And I couldn't understand why someone couldn't have a logical conversation um, just because they they didn't drink or, you know, they got married young and it worked. And I applaud people on both sides of that fence. And once I stopped, like, being upset about it, I was like, okay, well, the only person that this is hurting is me because, you know, she went on her merry way, blocked me, said her last two cents and, like, you know, that's that. Um, But now here I am with the one message in two years that I've gotten. And that's suddenly going to outweigh the thousands of others that are so life-changing when I read them and so touching that it like completely changes my entire day when I read them. Um, No, fuck that. And I literally sat there and was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be pissed off about it anymore. And in order not to be pissed off about it anymore, I'm going to forgive her. 
not because she's ever going to know, unless she's listening to this, but because forgiveness is how you let things go. It is the biggest thing that you can do for yourself is to forgive someone else and let it go. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So I sat there. And was like, okay, I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to forgive this person because she is obviously, there are triggers that are coming from her perspective and things she's gone through in her life that are whatever she's reading for whatever reason is bringing up some shit in her own being. And I'm going to forgive her for, you know, projecting that onto me. And the second I did that, the second I sat there and was like, I'm just going to like, you know, let it go and and walk through the forgiveness, I totally changed my whole day around. And it was no longer a thing that was bothering me. So let's jump in to how the fuck we can forgive. So first of all, there are many different scenarios where I've had to forgive in my life. And I want to take you through some of them so you can see the different, uh, the different ways that forgiveness can present itself in your life and what it can do when you choose to take that road. Um, for me, the first one was my dad dying. I know that sounds a little odd because you're like, well, it wasn't his fault. Of course it wasn't his fault. My dad didn't just choose to to leave and die. Um, but you still, I still, had to stop and be like, okay, there's still anger there. There is still subconscious resentment there of, you know, a six-year-old little girl saying, why did you leave? Why did you die on me? Um, and that's valid. And you have to recognize that within yourself. It's like that with any death. Um, you have to except that there's anger that comes with grief. And I had to not blame myself for his death. And I had to forgive him for for having to leave and knowing that it was his time to go. Um, And that took a while for me to do. Obviously, because I was so young, it it happened a lot later in life. 
um, because I always had so much love for my dad and so so many fond memories. So I didn't really process until much later that there was anger and resentment there. Um, and I had to forgive him for that and forgive him for, for leaving. Um, regardless of whether it was his fault or not, I was still sad and angry that I was a seven-year-old little girl that grew up without a dad. I was sad and angry that my wonderful mom lost her soulmate and had to just somehow carry on. Um, And that was something that I experienced all over again when I lost my high school sweetheart when I was 18. Um, Only then it was very, um, it was very apparent that the the anger and the resentment was there because I was older and I knew how to recognize those feelings when they came up. Um, and it was difficult because when the, the accident happened, he had been at a party that night. He had been drinking. There, there were substances involved. Um, that didn't mean he wasn't going to make it home. He crashed literally you know, about to get off onto the off-ramp. But because of that, it made me angry at him for not making better choices. Um, I was angry that it reopened so many of those deep abandonment wounds. And I was angry that I was never going to get to talk to him again. Um, And you have to be able to recognize the anger in the grief and decide to forgive them. And this can look a lot of different ways. I've, I've written letters um, and then burned them. I've um, done meditations um, and been walked through um, scenarios with therapists where I've spoken the words out loud to, to say, I forgive you. Um, and this is why, or this is why I was angry with you. And this is, and now I'm choosing to forgive you. Um, but you have to be able to really truthfully decide to move through that and, and walk into the forgiveness because ultimately they're gone. When someone dies, they're gone. And you still have the soul connection. You still, and well, at least, I mean, it depends on what you believe. I believe that, you know, they're still watching over you and you're still very much connected to them. But you're the one that's still here. You're the one that's feeling the grief. You're the one that's feeling the anger. And it's only going to bring you down if you continue to hold on to all of it. So the moment that you can recognize what you're angry about, what you're hurt about, where the the ouch parts are coming from, and then decide to move into love around all of those and forgiveness around all of those, it is going to be life-changing for you. I think for me, it's, it's been easier to forgive people that, um, that have died, that, you know, didn't, didn't have a choice in the matter. Um, it's, it's always harder when they're consciously here and, and hurting you uh, and they're still walking and talking amongst the living. Um, obviously, when I found out about the affair, there was, I've talked about this before, but I wasn't heartbroken. And I'm so thankful for that because I had fallen out of love with my husband um, a, a very long time ago. Um, 
but there was a lot of betrayal and a lot of rage. Like, how could you do this to my body? How could you put me in a position like this? How could you step out on the vows that we took um, when we were in therapy trying to work through it? And I had to work through a lot of that. It, it wasn't until, and you'll read about this in book two, that I started working with um, my therapist where a lot of the things that I was still harboring around my divorce were pointed out to me because um, I really did feel fine. I was thankful to not be in that marriage anymore. I was thankful that he had given me an out and I like got a fresh start um, because I would have stayed in that so long trying to make it work. But eventually in therapy, she was like, well, you know, your ex-husband, he abandoned you too. Like that was a big form of abandonment just because you ended up being thankful from the outcome doesn't mean that it wasn't abandonment and you have to recognize that and you have to forgive him for that. Um, And, you know, it's always so much harder to forgive someone when, you know, there's no gray area. You know, normally people are like, well, this person, there's two sides to every story. You know, maybe maybe he wasn't. And like everybody around me, including people that he knew that weren't my friends, were like, no, no, he fucked up. He's in the wrong. Um, it's always harder to do that when other people are hating the person and you're sitting there going, okay, well, I have to let go and forgive him because it's only going to tank my energy. How the fuck do I do that? <laughs> And there were a lot of different things that I had to forgive him for. I mean, there was a fucking laundry list, starting with, you know, the way he treated me in our marriage and the things that affected me and ultimately messed me up because of it. I mean, I had never in my whole career been um, timid or, you know, walking forward with caution when I had to do any type of kissing scene or any intimacy on set and in my relationship with my ex-husband he you know beat me down so much um and guilted me so much around the fact that my career was hurting him and that he couldn't deal with the thought of me kissing another person that I would show up on set and be like, oh God, I hope I don't have to do anything that's, you know, intimate or anything that's along these lines. And it would really start to affect my work, which had never been a thing for me before. The work always, you know, was the first priority when you show up and you do a fucking job. Um, He also wildly fucked me up around money. I mean, (laughs) if I took anything from my marriage, it was to not let other people pay for things Uh, because what Daniel would do was he would fuck up and you know cause a scene or make me cry on set or you know we would have a big fight then he would apologize and in doing so he'd be like well let's go shopping let's go to dinner Um, let's let's plan a vacation and it was so not okay but it had become so routine for us that it had made me look at money in an entirely different way. Um, So I remember when Javier first offered to buy my plane ticket to Europe, I was like, "Mm, nope, the hard no. (laughs) Um, I I really have a problem with people taking care of things financially. Um, And that stemmed from from my ex-husband. But the main thing I had to forgive Daniel for was the abandonment. 
because that is at its core what it was. He took my biggest wound, which he knew damn well what it was, and literally did the one thing that could fuck with it the most. And I had to find a way to forgive him because it was only going to bring me down if I continued to harbor hate or anger towards this person. Um, And this is how I did it. I would do my morning meditations, um, which for those of you that aren't meditators, you you know, you can just do this with deep breathing. Um, I use Abraham Hicks meditations. They're like 15 minutes on YouTube and they're great. Um, I would do my morning meditations and I would focus on sending love to my ex-husband. And I know some of you are sitting there going, ah, what the fuck? But just hang with me for this. So one of the biggest things you can do when you're trying to forgive someone is you can send them love. It does a few things. One, it, it, it breaks down the hate that you are holding inside your energy when you go to your love place, which for me is like my dog, <laughs> any of the dogs, but really Finny. And you can pick what it's whatever it is that makes you like just instantly smile and feel warm inside. Um, I go to specific moments that Tay and I have had where we're just like giggling like idiots. Um, that's one of my love places. Um, my mom would say, I just go straight to Gabrielle as a baby. So you go to your love place, which immediately like changes the cells in your body. Um, so if you're ever feeling like tanked and you are not having a great day, sit down and go to your love place and just do some deep breathing. But you go to your love place and from that place, you you open your heart in your mind's eye for those of you that have not done any type of healing work, you know, um, and from your heart center, you send love energy to the person you are trying to forgive. It's difficult at first and you're going to want to kick and scream the entire way and then you will hit a spot where it just fucking opens up and it'll get easier and easier and easier. Until all of a sudden the hate and anger that you're holding inside yourself is diminishing and getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And when that happens, your freedom, your energy, your love is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So when all of that shit was going down where Daniel was hacking into my social media and it was just a fucking shit show. that was one of the things that I did. I during that time when I was like so uncomfortable, so anxious, like so hurt by all the stuff that was going on, I would sit down every day and anytime a thought came up um that was negative around him, I would sit there and be like, "Nope, I'm just going to send him love." Because we all know, guys, hurt people hurt people. Let's say that again. Hurt people hurt other people. So whoever you're trying to forgive, whatever they did, they hurt you because they are hurt. Does that excuse it? Absolutely fucking not. Does that make it feel any better for you? Absolutely fucking not. But if you can sit there and be like, look, This person is so hurt and so broken that they needed to hurt me this badly. 
I'm going to choose to send them some love so that maybe they won't hurt other people. And you're really doing it for yourself because they're not over there living their life like feeling the hate and anger that you're manifesting. That's only manifesting in your body, in your energy, in your life and blocking you from doing the stuff that you want to do. So now let's talk about, because I know I have so uh, so many of you out there that have gone through massive heartbreaks, let's talk about that type of forgiveness because it's so crazy that I'm like, yeah, my ex-husband, it wasn't, it wasn't heartbreak, um, but it wasn't. I have to be honest about that. Um, the heartbreak came with Javier and that was a long fucking road to forgive that, which sounds crazy because... You know, the whole, as you read in the book, the whole time I was protecting him and defending him and sympathizing with him. Um, And I'm going to try and take you guys through this process without spoiling too much of book two. But it, it took me a long time to be able to really reconcile with my feelings around what had happened when I finally took a step back and saw the big picture. Um, I didn't blame him. I wasn't you know, sitting there stomping my feet saying I'm broken and fucked up and it's all your fault and I hate you. But I was definitely hurt and broken and sad. Um, And it's always hard when you're dealing with someone who you once loved so much to realize that you have other feelings for them that aren't love. Um, Realizing that there's anger, realizing that there's resentment, realizing that there's hurt. And it's a different type of maze when you try and walk through those. And for me personally, what helped me most with that forgiveness was time time where I could take a step back and look at all of the things from a factual standpoint and not be so emotionally driven by it all. Time where certain things could happen that showed me true colors. Time where I could really focus on the love I was once giving to someone else and put that into myself. And I got to a point where I was like, I, I don't want to hate this person. I have never wanted to hate this person. Um, and it's only going to continue to make me angry and make me feel uncomfortable. And how do I let that go? It's a decision, guys. It's not something that just happens. It's not some end of the fucking rainbow that you get to and suddenly like the clouds open and the angels sing it's it's a decision it's the same way that you decide you're going to do a self-love cocktail the same way that you decide that you're going to start making better choices the same way that you decide you are going to accomplish a goal of yours you decide to forgive someone the pain can still linger there and that will work itself out in your time but it's a commitment and a decision that you make to forgive someone. I, I made the decision to forgive my ex-husband. I made the decision 
to forgive Javier. I made the decision to forgive my dad and my high school sweetheart and everyone that has made me feel hurt or angry or sad or frustrated or betrayed. You make the decision and you commit to doing it. And then you actively put it into practice. You send that person love. Anytime a negative thought comes up into your brain about that person, you switch it and you say, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to go there. And you take two beats. You send them love and you go about your fucking day. It is a conditioned practice that I promise you works. And whatever you need to do to help you along the way, you write the letters and you burn them. You stop and you meditate. Whatever you need to do to let some of it go bit by bit, you commit to doing that because it's only going to benefit you in the long run when you shed all of that bullshit that you're holding inside your heart towards someone who is not hurting around it the same way you are. I guarantee you more often than not. You you change your life when you can step into forgiveness. The uh, hardest forgiveness I've ever experienced was forgiving myself. And you'll read a lot about this in book two. Um, but I was at such a low point when I came back from Europe. and. It was just so not okay mentally, mental health wise in, in so many ways. And when Tay first came into my life, um, I was really fucking broken. And we had a roller coaster of two years um, that, you know, you guys will be reading all about. Obviously, we know we made it and we ended up together, but... Um, it's like really shocking what took place to, uh, to get us there. And one of the biggest things I had to reconcile within myself was the guilt I felt around what I had made him feel and what I had put him through. Um, when I came back from Europe, my biggest fucking fear was I don't ever want to make anyone feel the way that Javier made me feel ever. I don't ever want to do that to someone's heart. I don't ever want to put someone through what I just went through. And lo and behold, <laughs> it's, um, it's one of the hardest things you can do to look in the mirror knowing that you did something that you're not proud of, that you would take away if you could, and find a way to forgive yourself. Um, I mean, there's people like when Lauren Denham came on and, and did her episode and she talked to us about, she was the one that stepped out on her marriage and cheated, um, how long it took her to forgive herself for that. I have friends that, um, have been in some really awful situations where they act out of character um, whether it be because they're hurting or based on unhealed trauma or, you know, the list goes on as to the whys. But to 
then reconcile and settle up with yourself and be like, okay, I have to forgive myself for this if I'm going to move forward. Um, That's a big thing. And for me, that was one of my biggest hurdles after coming home from Europe was forgiving myself for not being healed and forgiving myself for entering into something before I was healed and forgiving myself for needing time to step away to figure all of that out. And I'm so beyond lucky that I happened to be with a person that really truly saw my soul and allowed me to have the space to go and do that um, even when it was hurting him. Ugh. <laughs> I swear I'm recording these solo podcasts and I just start fucking crying in my closet. Um, it, it was one of the biggest um, tasks I've ever had to do because it's easy to blame other people. It's easy to blame the ex-husband for cheating. It's easy to blame the boyfriend that dumped you before Europe. It's easy to blame your dad when he, you know, dropped dead when you were a seven-year-old little girl. It's easy to blame other people. It's not easy to blame yourself. It's not easy to be like, you fucked up. It's not easy to... Not take responsibility because for me personally, taking responsibility isn't difficult, but to forgive myself for it and to come to terms and say, it's okay, I love you anyways and I forgive you, that's a different situation. And that for me was really difficult. I think the way I managed to finally do it was through writing. I would sit there and I would write about what I was feeling and where those feelings were coming from and what my actions were causing other people and where my actions were stemming from and what was underneath that and thought onioning my fucking life away until I got to the core of what needed to be worked on and needed to be healed. And that's doing the work, you guys. If you fuck up and you do something in your life that you're not proud of and you have to forgive yourself for it, you have to take a step back and do the work. That is all you are responsible for doing. You can like apologize, you can make amends with other people, but if you don't step back and do the work, them accepting your apology does not mean shit. You have to be able to figure out why it happened, where it came from, and what you need to adjust to make different choices moving on in the future. If you've done that, you should be able to forgive yourself. If you've really dug in and figured out where it comes from and how you can start to heal and mend it, that's forgiveness. That is warrant to forgive yourself. And this life is not easy. This life has huge ups and downs and 
it's complicated and it's messy and you're not always going to get it right. There will be many times that you get it wrong and you have to have grace and compassion for yourself, but you also have to do the work. Don't just say you're going to do it. Don't just apologize to the person that you've hurt. I mean, that obviously that should come along with it, but step back, figure out where it comes from and what you need to adjust to fix it moving forward. And we will all be better people for it. (laughs) Okay, we are going to jump into some special FML stories that are centered around forgiveness. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle, my name is Haley, and this is my forgiveness FML story. When I was 10 years old, my parents got a separation and filed for divorce. I know this happens to a lot of families, but for me, this was the most traumatic for me. I remember my mom taking me and my little sister out for ice cream one day and then coming home to find my dad with his stuff packed and left without even so much as a goodbye. I was very confused, but my mom said he had a business trip to get to in the beach and was in a rush. But the next day, my mom came into the living room when I was watching a movie, crying, and said that my dad wasn't coming home because they were filing for a divorce. I couldn't stop crying and resented my mom for leaving my dad. But for years, my dad would not be here. He would not always be in my life. He always made an excuse as to why he was never here. And one day, I found out that he tried to attempt suicide. And he has always been jumping around like a gypsy from friends' houses to family's houses, basically homeless his whole life since the divorce. He only spends his money that he earns on drugs, himself, you name it. He's in 70 grand of child support, and I haven't seen him currently in three years. Currently, I still think of him as a stranger, and my mom ended up telling me one day that the reason that they filed for divorce was because he had lost his job one day and lied repeatedly and took money out of their bank account and said it was his paycheck and the only reason we found out was because we went to disney world one day and we found out we had no money in the bank to pay for them and if it wasn't for my aunt who is now deceased paying for us we would have never gone to disney world I'm 24 years old now and still have no relationship with him. I now have gained trust issues and abandonment issues that I have learned from therapy because of him. I wish that I could say that I had a better father figure in my life, but I never really did. And I cry all the time seeing everyone so happy with their fathers that still have a relationship with them. But. I have learned that all these red flags that I have seen through him can now be viewed in my future partners and I now know what I do not want to be like in my life. I always want to be there for my future kids the way my dad never was. I will always love my dad spiritually but to this day my mom will always be my mom and my dad and I just have to learn to live, forgive, and let go. And that is all thanks to you. Oh my God, girl, that ending was so unexpectedly lovely. Thank you. You're so sweet. Um, There's a lot of people that can relate to this story um, of parents splitting up when they were young that causes so much anger and resentment and confusion when you're young. And I know a lot of people really struggle with this. Um, Tay 
obviously has a little girl and him and his ex-wife split many years ago. And she still, till this day, is angry about it and vocalizes that she's angry about it. Um, She's never liked growing up in two households. She doesn't like that mom and dad are no longer together as much as, you know, she loves and accepts me. It's always been a thing for her that she's really had to, to overcome. And I think when we can really move into the forgiveness around what the facts are, um, that two people just couldn't make it work. And it probably would have been worse if they were together in the long term as opposed to splitting apart. What What's hard in Haley's story is that the dad then disappeared and wasn't present in her life and did a lot of things that you harbor resentment around. Um, and you know what? I'm sure he feels a lot of guilt and shame around that in his own life. Um, but I love what you said at the end, to live, forgive, and let go. I think that's a really, really beautiful sentence to live by um, because that's really what we do as humans, guys. We live and then shit happens and then we have to forgive and then we have to let it go because it's only going to weigh us down if we don't. So no matter who it is, how horrible it is, what they've done to you, you have to find a way to release it. You don't have to have like warm, fuzzy feelings for this person. You don't have to have a relationship with them in the future. There are people that have done unforgivable things in this world that make my situations with forgiveness look like fucking cake. And I get that. But you have to find a way to forgive them. You don't have to speak to them. You don't have to love them. You don't have to like them. You don't have to think what they did is okay. But you for yourself have to find a way to forgive them because that is what's going to move all of the energy in your space to be able to create the life and the things that you want and you fucking deserve that. Okay, here's story number two. Hey, Gabrielle, it's Ashley, and here is my forgiveness story. In 2003, my mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, so she was still able to walk at that time, but in about 2006 or 2007, she lost her ability to walk, and she was full-time in a wheelchair. This is key to this story. So in 2008, my dad started having an affair on my mom with this just horrible, horrible person, and... I could have got over that, whatever, dick move, but you know, they're adults. But then he brought his new girlfriend to my mom's house to start taking his stuff. So they were inside while my mom was alone in her wheelchair. He cornered her and started yelling at her and got in her face and she got scared. So she pushed him because she was stuck in her wheelchair. And when she pushed him, he called the police and pressed charges, and she spent 24 hours in jail. While she was in jail, she could not have access to her walker, her pain meds, or her muscle relaxers for all of her muscle spasms due to her MS. So she was in excruciating pain for those 24 hours and couldn't even move around the jail cell independently. The judge saw her when she got wheeled in, dropped all charges, basically said it was ridiculous. 
but I did not talk to my dad for years. He went on to marry that horrible woman who then ended up cheating on him. Ha ha karma. Um, but my mom ended up forgiving him and I had to do a lot of therapy and we had to have a lot of talks and it took over 10 years. Um, but he owned up to everything and I figured if my mom had that done to her and she could be the bigger person and end up forgiving him, then I should work on it too. So we are still rebuilding our relationship, but he is a part of my kid's life now and we do talk on a regular basis and it is much better, but it took me a while to get there. But it is a lot better to be forgiving him than to be hating him all the time. Thanks. Ooh, girl, what a story that is. Um, I feel similar to you in the sense where I think my mom is such a bigger person than me and there are situations that she has gone through and dealt with where I look at her and I'm like, damn, I could have never forgiven that person. Um, and I have taken notes from her more than one occasion. Um, and I think that it's really in your best interest and everyone involves best interest to do the work that you have shown up continuously over those 10 years and done to get to an outcome where you can let some of that anger go. I think it's always important to recognize the validity of the anger and say, okay, I'm warranted for feeling like this and my feelings and emotions that I'm having are valid um, and to never, never to dismiss that. But once we've done that, we have to find a way that we can slowly crack away at that wall that gets put up from those emotions because the wall is ultimately only holding us back from doing things in our life. So I'm so glad to hear that you have been able to put in the work to repair that relationship. Good for you, girl. Hey, Gabrielle. This is your number one fan, Nick. Um... So I recently watched your story about forgiveness and having to forgive someone. Um, I had to learn ultimately to forgive myself. Um, I know that sounds so cliche, but I grew up with a lot of childhood trauma of sexual abuse, um, neglect and all that stuff. Um, one of which I just came out and told my family and friends about this last year about being sexually abused. And it was very challenging um, I am 26 years old. I've attempted suicide four times in my life. Um, and all because I carried just such a burden around me for so many issues that I've had in the past that I never really dealt with. I just kind of buried down because I wanted other people to be happy and didn't really care about my own happiness. Um, but through some therapy, your book and some very guided, friends and family and my partner like I've learned to love myself and forgive myself and to realize that I was never the issue like what the things that happened to me weren't my fault and I really had to learn to trust in that and trust the process it doesn't make it any easier during the time that you're going through it but looking back now I can genuinely say that I'm so happy I live my best life now and I couldn't imagine not being here and I have so many wonderful things to live for and I'm so grateful for that and I am so happy that I stumbled upon you and your book and this podcast you are really changing lives and I 
cannot thank you enough and I cannot wait to see you soon. Um, sending love and keep on doing your shit, girl. You're, you're going to change people's lives more and more every day. Love you. Oh, my love. I just absolutely adore you, even though I have never met you. <laughs> um, you have been such a light in my life. And I think this is just yet another gift um, that you have in return given me uh, the fact that we started this episode of, you know, a, a weird message that I had gotten from a reader and to end it quite literally full circle um, to know that I have had a small part of your healing journey um, has is just really wonderful for me. So thank you for that. Um, I am so happy that you are still here. I am so happy that none of those attempts were successful. And I am so proud of you that you were able to come out and speak to your family and the people in your life about what you've gone through, um, something that is so horrible that was not your fault. Uh, I remember seeing you post about it and I have been cheering you on from afar and happy birthday this month. I know you celebrated and I'm just sending you all the love and thank you for submitting this story to give everyone listening the gift of what it can look like when you really show up for yourself and forgive yourself. Because at the end of the day, you guys, you are the most important person in your life. You have to put yourself first. You have to love yourself first. And you cannot do any of those things if you're not forgiving yourself for all the shit that we go through as humans in this life. If you are not able to show up and forgive yourself, you're not going to be able to move forward and do all the amazing things that this life has to offer and all of the wonderful things that you as a human deserve. Next week, I'm, I've been holding on to this episode for a while. Um, we recorded it a few months ago, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. It was really touching when I recorded it with her. Her name is Evelyn Oshita. And I first came to know of her when I watched the Netflix documentary Stripped Down, Rise Up, which is all about women going to pole classes and really going through this spiritual growth experience of, you know, retuning into their sexuality and finding, you know, the empowerment inside of them and fixing those broken pieces through movement and with pole and it was such a wild documentary to watch but this one woman really stood out to me and her story was so amazing and I reached out to her and asked her if she would come on FML talk and share her story and she agreed to and it's a really really powerful episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear all about her experience as always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you are not hanging out with us on the subscription of FML Talk, I highly recommend that, that you come join the private Facebook group and get the entire season of the mini bonus episodes that are all raw, real, and so very uncut. Make sure you come check it out. You can go to patreon.com slash FML Talk. It's $5 a month, less than a cup of coffee, and you get 10% off all of your merch whenever you want to order. 
Make sure you're keeping up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast for all the fun behind the scenes goodies that are going on. And until next week, y'all have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.